0: amen you may take your seats and if you have your bibles please turn with me to hebrews chapter 11 hebrews chapter 11 this morning we're going to continue our study on the hall of faith hebrews chapter 11 we refer to as the hall of faith chapter if you've been with us for the past month you know that um We've been dedicating studies on the life and testimony of members mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 11 of the Hall of Faith. The lives and testimonies of these champions of the faith mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 11 really serve as a great example, encouragement and exhortation to all believers. We can learn so much from these men and women that the author mentions here in hebrews chapter 11 and so because of that we've really been taking time for our past studies to pick out a member and just to examine and study their life and to see what we can learn from them as believers their their lives and testimonies Bring so much encouragement, motivation, and inspiration. And as we've been studying these members, last Sunday we started examining the life and testimony of Abraham. Now, Abraham is such a, a special, such a prominent figure in the Bible. So much could be learned from this man whom the Bible refers to as the friend of God and as the father of all the faith. And so last week we started examining the life of this champion of the faith, Abraham. And we started by looking at two things that we learn from his life and testimony. Two things we looked at last Sunday and this morning, we're going to begin by way of review just to refresh in our memories. And I want to briefly mention these two things again. If you recall, the first thing we learned was concerning the obedience of Abraham, the obedience of Abraham. If you're there in chapter 11 of Hebrews, let's read verse eight together this is what the author said by faith abraham obeyed and if you got a pen underline that word by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going he didn't know where he was going but he knew who was going with him. And so by faith, we see that Abraham obeyed God. Really, the story of Abraham begins there in Genesis 12, when God called him to get out of his land and to go to a land that God would show him. And the Bible teaches us that by faith, Abraham obeyed God. And I'm sure that Abraham had a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainties. But in spite of all that, by faith, he obeyed. And really, we see that Abraham's faith was demonstrated through obedience. And in the same way, our faith will be demonstrated through obedience as we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to obey him. We're going to obey his word and his commandments. Really faith and obedience goes hand to hand. And really the Bible teaches us that as we obey God, our way is going to be prosperous and we're going to have good success the best decision we can make is obey God because it always produces blessings but the worst decision we can make is disobey God because it always produces disaster and I would encourage you family be obedient to the word of God you know and that really implies that you got to know the word in order to obey it and we see that in the life of Abraham that Abraham was obedient now the second thing we saw last Sunday by way of review was the pilgrimage of Abraham and we read that in verses 9 and 10 if you can read that with me again We read, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country. Skip with me now down to verse 10. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so the second thing we saw was the pilgrimage of Abraham. As you read the story of Abraham there in Genesis, you learn that as Abraham obeyed God and he left his homeland there in Haran, in the Ur of Chaldeans, he arrived in the land of Canaan. And as he arrived in the land of Canaan, God gave Abraham a promise. And this was the promise. Abraham To you and your descendants, I will give all of this land. God gave Abraham a promise that him and his descendants would inherit the land of Canaan. But as you continue to read the story of Abraham, you learn that during his lifetime, the promise was not fulfilled. Abraham never inherited the land but Abraham himself said that he was a foreigner and he was a visitor in the promised land yet the book of Hebrews which is like a divine commentary on Abraham's situation tells us That Abraham, when he was in the land of Canaan, and when he received the promise from God, in all actuality, he was not looking to inherit an earthly land, but he was looking to inherit a heavenly city. A city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for the new Jerusalem because he understood that that was his home. And so Abraham, throughout his life, he had a pilgrim's mentality. He understood, I'm simply a pilgrim passing through on my way to the new Jerusalem. What a lesson. We can learn from Abraham because as believers, we are also simply pilgrims We're foreigners. We're visitors here on earth. This world is not our true home. But as all as Paul would say, our citizenship is in heaven. We're just passing through here on earth, traveling to the celestial city as Christians, as believers, as born again, followers of Christ. And so I would encourage you to always keep your eyes on eternity, because the moment you start getting comfortable here on earth, you're going to get distracted, you're going to get down, and you might even get a desire to throw in the towel. But if you have a a pilgrimage mentality that this is not my home, the suffering and pain will soon end and I am traveling to the celestial city. That's the mentality that we need to have as believers. And we can learn that from the life of Father Abraham. Amen. Amen. How many of you this morning can say, New Jerusalem, that's my home. Amen, amen to that family. So last week we saw the obedience of Abraham and the pilgrimage of Abraham. And this morning, we're going to finish our study on Abraham. And we're going to look at two more things concerning his life. And so if you got your Bible open, your notebook, your paper out, your pen or pencil in your hand, which we all should do as students of the word. This is the third point of our study. And this is the third point that you would write down the promise given to Abraham. First, we saw the obedience. Second, the pilgrimage. Thirdly, we're going to look at the promise given to Abraham and that's found in Hebrews 11 verses 11 and 12. And so let's pick up our study and let's read verse 11 and 12 in Hebrews chapter 11. And this is what the author tells us by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. therefore from one man in him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable As the sand which is by the seashore. So, the third thing we're going to look at is the promise given to Abraham. Now, as Abraham was in the land of Canaan, as you read his story there in Genesis chapter 12 through 25, we learn that God not only promised to give Abraham the land. But God also promised to give Abraham a son. God promised to give Abraham descendants. And those really, those two promises make up what we call the Abrahamic covenant. Very, very important promise, covenant found in the Bible. God promised him the land. But also God promised him a son, descendants to inherit the land. And we read about that promise of a son in Genesis chapter 15, verse five. It's actually one of many places we read about it in Genesis. And this is what it says. Then God brought Abraham outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars If you are able to number them, and God said to Abraham, so shall your descendants be. So the Bible teaches us that God took Abraham outside, showed him the stars. He said, Abraham, that's how many descendants I'm going to give you. You are going to have a multitude of descendants. God gave them the promise but when god gave abraham the promise of a son of descendants there was a little problem humanly speaking there was a problem and this was the problem abraham and his wife sarah they were already old they were past the age of of childbearing, in other words, in, in in modern terms, the honeymoon was over, and I'm not talking barely over. I'm talking about like long over. The honeymoon was already over. Abraham and Sarah, they were old. They were, you know, in Spanish we would say viejitos. They were old. You know, so old were Sarah and Abraham that when Sarah heard about this promise, her first reaction was that she started to laugh. And she even said, after I have grown so old, shall I still have pleasure? I'm 90 years old. Is it even possible for me to still have pleasure In that way, with my husband? And so God gave Abraham this promise, but humanly speaking, it seemed impossible. They were old, the honeymoon was over, Sarah's womb was dead. And yet, in spite of all the impossibilities, humanly speaking, the Bible teaches us that when Abraham was given this promise of a son, that Abraham believed God. And the Bible says that it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. God gave Abraham a promise, and humanly speaking, it seemed impossible. Humanly speaking, it seemed like it was not going to happen. Like as if God was not going to keep that promise. But Abraham, by faith, he believed God. He believed God. He believed the promise of God. And guess what? You'll never guess what happened. God kept his promise. He didn't seem too excited about that. God kept his promise. Amen. Just like he promised to Abraham when Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was 90 years old. Man, poor Sarah. You know, I don't know if they had C-sections back then. I don't think so. The sister was like, no way, brother. 90 years old, Sarah, hundred year old, Abraham. Abraham had the promised son, Isaac. Through Isaac came Jacob. Through Jacob came the 12 tribes of Israel. And through the 12 tribes came a nation. Just like God had promised, Abraham's had a multitude of descendants. God kept his promise. Humanly speaking, man, it it seemed impossible, as I said. And even Paul tells us in Romans 4, 19, that Sarah's womb was dead. And that's the word he uses, the, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Humanly speaking, the situation seemed impossible. But by faith, Abraham believed God. And the promise of God, you see, Abraham, he was fully convinced that God was faithful and that God was able to perform what he had promised. Abraham understood that nothing was impossible for God, but God was able. And this is what Paul teaches us that Abraham understood that God was able to give life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. Romans four seventeen. And so Abraham, because he knew God, because he was a man of the altar, remember we started studying his life by saying that, Because he knew God, because he knew the character of God, because he knew the power of God, Abraham believed God. It wasn't hard for him to believe the promise of God because Abraham knew that nothing was impossible for God and God kept. His promise. And this is what I want to say, family. When God says he's going to do something, rest assured, he is going to do it. God is faithful. And God always keeps his promises. You guys know that there's a saying that promises are meant to be broken, right? Is that correct? Is there a saying Promises are meant to be broken. Well, God, he doesn't believe in that saying. That saying is not found in the word of God because God doesn't break promises. But God keeps his promises. God is faithful and he keeps his word. Even the scriptures teach us that God is not like man to lie, but God keeps his word and keeps his promises and therefore because of that like Abraham by faith we need to believe God and we need to rest in his promises this morning are you resting in the promises of God Are you resting in the promises of God this morning? You know that there's so many Christians who battle, who struggle with stress, with distress, with anxiety and whatnot, because they fail to rest in the promises of God. And this morning, are you resting in the promises of God? You see, The word of God is filled with promises. And guess what? As a child of God, those promises are for you. Yes, for you as a child of God. Now, if you're not a child of God, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, first, I would say, do it give your life to christ because if you don't these promises are not for you these promises are only for the children of god for the redeemed and as a child of god we need to believe the promises of god and we need to rest in god's promises listen to this during times of doubt During times of testing, during times of pain, and during times of trial, the promises of God serve as a mighty fortress for the people of God. The promises of God serve as a mighty fortress for the people of God, as a place of refuge as a place of protection in safety, the promises of God And this morning, I would encourage you and I would exhort you believe the promises and rest in the promises be like Abraham and by faith, believe the promises. And rest in those promises. Let me share with you a few examples of what I mean. During time of doubt, we have the promise of Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you Will be saved. Amen. Times of doubt. You will be saved. Through Jesus. And through what he did on the cross. As we repent of our sins. As we confess our sins. And as we receive. What he did on our behalf. The Bible promises us that we will be saved. I don't know about you, but but I like that promise because I don't want to step into eternity with doubt, thinking to myself, oh, hopefully I get in. Hopefully I make it. And a lot of people, that's how they're stepping into eternity. It's like rolling a di- the dice. They're playing Russian roulette with their eternity. But as a Christian I have all the security. I have all the confidence because I got the promise of God that if I confess with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I, Adam Nahar will be saved. Amen. For the promise of God. Check this out. During times of guilt, we have the promise of 1st John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brother, sister, regardless of what you did or what you've done, as you repent, as you confess, the blood of Jesus has the power and the ability to wash you and to cleanse you from all your sins. In this morning, I have the confidence that I've been forgiven because God has promised me forgiveness. Amen. During times of loneliness, how many of us feel alone at times? How many of us feel depressed and saddened at times? We have the promise of Hebrews 13 5, where God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. What a promise that brings comfort and rest during times of loneliness. That God has given us his word. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, when my mom died, I felt so alone. So alone. I felt like if everyone has, had left me. And God would come and he would whisper this verse in my ear. Maybe your mom left, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You can count on me. You want to know something? He kept his promise. You want to know something? Even to this day, he's still keeping his promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. During times of fear. We have the promise of 2nd Timothy 2, excuse me, 2nd Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a promise. During times of temptation, we have the promise of 2nd Corinthians 12, 9, where God says this. My grace is sufficient for you. Young person. What are you battling? What kind of temptation? What kind of trial? What are you battling? What are you struggling with? The Bible promises us that God's grace is sufficient. What does that mean? God's grace is enough to get you through any temptation, any struggle, any battle that you might be facing. The grace of God is sufficient. What a promise during times of need, during times of need. We have the promise of Philippians 419 for my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you need it, God is going to supply it. But if you don't need it, then God the chances are, well, he can do whatever he wants, but he's probably not going to supply it. You no, know, people take that verse and say, yes, you know, I'm going to have a, a nice, fancy Lamborghini. Well, I don't think you need a Lamborghini. Maybe right now you need a Sunbus Pass to teach you patience. But whatever the case may be, God is going to supply your needs. Amen. During times of depression, hopelessness we have the promise of jeremiah twenty ninety laughing this is what the lord says for i know the thoughts that i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope there's no need to be depressed young christian god has good things in store for you God has a bright future and a living hope. And these are some of the promises of God. The list goes on and on. The precious promises. And you want to know something? They serve as a mighty fortress for the people of God. And I would just say this family, like Abraham, believe God and rest in The promises God is faithful and God is going to keep his word. And you rest in those promises today, this week, this month, rest in the promises of God. You can be stress free if you would just learn to trust in the word and believe the word and rest In the promises of the word. And that's what we learn from Abraham. A promise was given to Abraham, just like many promises are given to us. And Abraham believed the promise and God kept his promise and gave him the promised son, Isaac. And so the third thing we learn concerning abraham is the promise given to abraham the promise of a son which was fulfilled in isaac let's continue family and let's look at the fourth thing that we're going to look at concerning abraham and it's the testing of abraham the testing of abraham so first the obedience of abraham second the pilgrimage of abraham thirdly the promise given to abraham And the fourth and final thing the testing of abraham and that we read about in verse 17 of hebrews 11 and what if you read it with me family this is what it says by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten. Isn't that a a very familiar word? John 316 son. So the fourth thing we learn and we read concerning Abraham is the testing of Abraham. You see, after God fulfilled his promise to Abraham and gave Abraham a son, Isaac, the Bible tells us that over time, eventually God tested Abraham. And this is how I like to see it. The father of the faith was put to the test. The father of the faith was tested by God. And we read about the test in Genesis chapter 22. And really the chapter begins with these words. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, take now your son, your father. Only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. And so Genesis chapter 22 teaches us that God told Abraham to take Isaac. Now, remember, Isaac, he was the son of promise. Isaac was the prized possession of abraham the one whom abraham loved god told abraham take isaac and offer him as a burnt offering in the land of moriah every time i read that i think to myself what a test What a test of faith. You know, I think about my situation. I think, oh, man, I went through a great test. But I think compared to Abraham, it was nothing. Because this was the son of promise. This was the prized possession of Abraham. The one whom Abraham loved. That's the first time the word love appears in the scriptures. There in Genesis 22, to describe the relationship that Abraham had with his son, Isaac, and God put the father of the faith to test. Even the friend of God had his faith tested by God. And it was a great test. It was a test that God allowed Abraham to go through but as we read the story and as we read here in verse 17 we learn that by faith when abraham was tested he offered up isaac in other words abraham trusted god he trusted in the promise of god Abraham knew that God had promised to establish his seed through Isaac. Therefore, by faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. Abraham, he passed the test by faith in God. And even the Bible seems to indicate or imply that Abraham's faith was so great. That as he was taking up Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice, that he had the mentality and the attitude that God was going to raise him up from the dead. He had that attitude, that mentality that I'm going to take up Isaac and offer him to God. But even if I offer him to God, it makes no difference. God will raise him up and my descendants will be through Isaac he had great faith and because of his faith in God he was able to pass the test and as we read there in Genesis 22 as Abraham was about to slay Isaac there in Mount Moriah the Bible teaches us that 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 God stopped him and this is what God told him Abraham Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then God reiterated the promise in your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham, he passed the test. He was given a test by God. He was allowed to go through a test. But as he was going through that test. He kept his trust in God. He kept his trust in the promise of God. And Abraham passed the test and because he passed the test the bible tells us that god greatly blessed abraham and there in genesis 22 god even gave him the messianic promise really genesis 22 18 where god tells abraham in your seed all the nations shall be blessed Paul teaches us in Galatians 3 16 that that seed was a reference to Jesus to the Messiah to the Christ and so really God told Abraham because he passed the test by faith from your seed Messiah's going to come and Messiah is going to bless all nations because he passed the the test god greatly blessed abraham and god gave him the messianic promise that from his seed from his line messiah was going to come abraham was tested but by faith he endured the test and he passed the test and i just want to say this family Like Abraham, as Christians, as followers of Christ, our faith is going to be tested. Listen to this. As a Christian, you're going to go through times of testing and times of trial. God is going to allow your faith to be tested. But during those times, like Abraham, you must trust God. You must keep your faith in God and you must hold on to the promise of God. As you're going through times of testing, keep your faith and trust in God. Listen, God knows what he's doing. And God allows us to go through times of testing for a purpose, for a reason. And we need to trust him. We need to trust God. I love what Job said in Job 13, 15. He said, though he slays me, yet will I trust him. That (laughs) Is some faith though God slays me though God allows me to be tested and tried I am still going to trust him and that needs to be our attitude that needs to be our mentality you see during the, the times of testing God uses it to perfect our faith God uses it to work out his plans and his purposes for our life there's a purpose for the test there's a plan for the trial god uses it for the good god uses it for the well-being of his children you know paul says in romans 8 28, that all things work out for the good to those who love god and to those who Are the called according to his purposes. And so, as we find ourselves going through trials like Abraham, we got to trust God that he knows what he's doing. We must not get discouraged. We must not get down, but we have to, by faith, understand and realize that God is going to work it out for the good. And there's a purpose behind it there's a plan behind the testing through it god perfects his work and in closing this is what i want to do i want to take the time and i want to share with you a few blessings that come from times of testing in times of trial i know many of us this morning are probably going through a a test, a trial. And I know that the first reaction is to get a little down, to get discouraged, to even get depressed. I know I I was there. But this morning, I want to encourage you and I want to exhort you Don't get down, don't get discouraged, don't get depressed. Keep your faith and trust in God because after the trial, blessings will come. Trials will produce blessings. God is gonna work it out in such a way that when everything is said and done, you will be a better Christian because of it. And this morning, I wanna share with you some of the blessings first, the first blessing I want to share with you is this, the times of testing and the times of trial, they cause us to call out to the Lord. The test causes us to call out to the Lord. You see, during times of testing, we run to the Lord. And we call out to the Lord and listen to this family. That is exactly the place where God wants you to be near and close. That's where God wants you. That's the best place you can be is calling out to God every day, calling for help. Calling for mercy, crying out to God. That's the place where God wants us. And a lot of times, he allows us to go through the test to bring us to that place. To bring us on our knees. You see, there's a danger. When everything is going smooth, when everything is smooth sailing you might say there's a danger that we forget about the lord that we neglect the lord that we neglect our prayer time with the lord and there's a danger and oftentimes to get our attention or to get us where we need to be god allows us to go through what test god allows us to go through a trial because he wants us to be near he wants us to be close and so the trial it's a blessing it's well worth it because through the trial we draw closer to jesus amen through the trial we call out to the lord and we seek his face Like never before. And so it's a blessing. It produces intimacy with Jesus Christ. And that alone, my friends, is well worth going through the test. Let me share with you a second thing that testing and trials produce blessings. Secondly, times of testing, times of trial teaches us to wait on the Lord during times of testing during times of trial we learn how to patiently wait on the Lord and trust completely upon him during the test we learn to walk by faith and not by sight and that's where God wants us you see God He wants us to completely depend upon him. He wants us to trust upon him before and above everything and anything. And so oftentimes to teach us how to trust and depend upon him, God allows us to go through times of testing to times of trial because through them we learn lessons lessons are learned through the trial through the testing you know last night i was listening to a brother and he was talking about evil and he was talking about you know pain and trial and in hardships and he said something that really impacted me and he said the the most enduring lessons are not learned through times of pleasure but through times of pain and when he said that it it spoke to me because i i began to think of the times when everything was going smooth you might say the times of pleasure and yes I, i did learn something from the lord but It did not compare to what I learned during the times of pain. And it's during the times of pain, during the times of trial and testing, that we learn so many things. We learn to to trust upon God. We learn to wait upon God. We learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And so God uses the testing to bring maturity and to bring growth in our relationship with Him. And that is produced through testing. As Christians, we need to be tested. because if we're not, our relationship will be shallow, we'll be weak if we're not tested. But the tests come. The trials arrive and God uses it to teach us so many things. And we grow in our relationship with Jesus through them. And that alone is worth going through the test. It's like God's classroom that he's teaching his children how to trust, how to depend, and how to walk by faith. And you know what they say after you pass the test, after you pass the class, you go to the next grade. And that's how it is in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's through the testing that helps us go to the next level in our relationship with jesus christ how many can say amen to that amen let's look at the third thing family first the test causes us to seek the lord to call out to the lord secondly the test teaches us to wait on the lord to trust on the lord to depend on the lord and thirdly and lastly the test allows us to see the lord the test allows us to see the lord you see it's during the times of testing during the times of trial during the times of of heartache it's during those times that we begin to see jesus in ways that we have never seen him before it's during the testing it's when we're in the fire that we're able to receive fresh revelations of who jesus is and we come to a deeper understanding of what he can do and this is what i like to call it experiential knowledge knowledge through experience You see, there's some things that we can't learn from a book, but there's some things we have to learn through experience. And as we go through trials and testing, we experience a new vision of the Lord, a a greater understanding of who Jesus is. And let me end by giving you this, example after going through everything i have gone through for the past two and a half years with the passing away of my beloved mother after going through that trial that time of testing this morning i can say without a doubt with full conviction that jesus my savior is the prince of peace. I can say that not because I've read it, not because I've heard it, but because I have personally experienced it. And I can say that I know Jesus as the prince of peace. You see, because through the testing, through the trial, he has brought me peace. And I know him as the Prince of Peace. I've experienced him as the Prince of Peace. It's not just a verse to me. It's not just another message to me. It's personal. I know it by experience. And that's what the test, one of many things, That I've learned about Jesus. That I've experienced about Jesus. That he's the prince of peace. And friend, this morning I can tell you with all assurance, without blinking, I can look you in the eye and I can say, Jesus can bring you peace. I can say that without a doubt, without thinking twice that Jesus can bring you peace because he has brought me peace. And I know him as the prince of peace. And that's what tesses do. They allow us to see the Lord in ways we have never seen him before. We begin to to see Jesus. We begin to understand who he truly is. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah six, verse one. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It wasn't until the great King Uzziah died that Isaiah received a miraculous vision. Of the Lord Jesus Christ in a lot of times it's the same way with us. It's not until we're going through a time when we're feel like we're dying. It's not until then that we see a vision of the Lord Jesus and we see Jesus in ways that we've never seen him before. It's during those times of testing That Jesus comes alongside of us and he carries us when we're not able to walk any further and we get to know the Lord. And you want to know something, brother, sister, the test is well worth it just to get to know Jesus a little better, a little more just to, to see him in ways that we've never seen him before. The test is all worth it. And so you can see that through times of testing and through times of trial, great blessings come. And this morning, if you're going through one, which I'm almost certain many of us are to a certain degree, I would just encourage you. Trust in God. Don't get too discouraged don't get too down but trust in god place your faith in him and remember god is using the test to perfect his work in your life and when everything is said when everything is done you will come out of the test come out of the trial greatly blessed you're gonna come out shining you might say more in the image of the lord jesus christ you know they say that to purify fire they turn the heat up and they put it through fire excuse me to purify gold that they turn the heat up and they put it through the fire and oftentimes to purify his children god turns the heat up and allows us to go through the fire but there's nothing to fear there's nothing to be discouraged or down about because through the trial he sustains us he keeps us his grace is sufficient and we come out greatly blessed and we learn that in the life of Abraham Abraham was tested but by faith he offered up Isaac and he passed the test and God greatly blessed him because of it and so in closing we learn so much from the life of Abraham and I hope and pray you're able to take something from this great man of faith how by faith he obeyed god by faith he kept his eyes on god he was a pilgrim a stranger here on earth by faith he believed god god gave him the promise and abraham believed the promise and fourthly he trusted god he was tested He went through the fire, but through it all, he trusted God. He knew that God was with him, that God was going to keep his word. And he came out of the test greatly blessed. And I would just end by saying this brother, sister, know this, that God is with you. And if he is with us, Who can be against us in Christ? We have the victory and whatever you're going through, whatever you're battling with, whatever you're struggling with, take courage. Jesus Christ is with you. And if he's with you, you will have the victory. He knows what he's doing. Trust in him. Rest in him. And when everything is said and done, you will come out greatly blessed. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Let's stand and let's close in a word of prayer. And to dismiss, this is what I want to do. If this morning you find yourself going through a a difficult time, a, a situation.